0: you turn with me please to the passage which we read, the lengthy passage which we read in Daniel chapter 4. I'd like to consider with you what we have in this chapter. It's really a unified chapter. And by any measure, when we think of chapter 4 of Daniel, it is a remarkable chapter. It tells us of another dream of Nebuchadnezzar and the explanation given of the dream by Daniel. It tells more, though. It tells of the sovereign lord's dealings with this great leader of the world as it was then, this great Babylonian king. And it's hard to believe that it could describe in, in any better way the, 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 the conversion of a pagan by the work of the holy spirit of god this therefore stands as a constant source of encouragement i would suggest to the people of god it stands also as a call to the unconverted to any unconverted to repent of their sin and to trust in the lord jesus christ he is the only savior and there is only one way to heaven and he is the way and the truth and the life the lord jesus christ And that is a matter of urgency for any. We don't know what a day will bring forth. And soon you and I must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. To give an account for ourselves. Well beloved see God at work here. See God at work in this chapter. This whole book of course. But in this chapter particularly which we're thinking of tonight. Believe this. What he did with Nebuchadnezzar. He can do with anyone. He can humble the highest the most self-important souls that there may be known to us in this world. Here is the king looking at things retrospectively. This is clear from the first three verses of the chapter. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, is looking at things retrospectively. He has a dream, he describes it in verses 4 to 18. Daniel interprets the dream, verses 19 to 27, and the king is humbled verses 28 to 33, he's humbled and he makes this moving confession of faith in verses 34 to 37. It is our conviction that there is a saving change wrought in Nebuchadnezzar. It's understood that some deny this and think that it's very superficial. But whatever the deficiencies of Nebuchadnezzar's understanding, it seems clear to me especially from what we have in verses 34 to 37, that no man could say these things who did not have the Spirit of God working in him well today assuming that that reality today we consider the lord's dealings with this pagan king and like us to consider first of all there is a divine striving evident in the life of nebuchadnezzar there is a divine striving evident so as we first meet nebuchadnezzar he's committed of course to a pagan outlook his education policy involved brainwashing the young israelites right from the beginning of this book in chapter one brainwashing it's naive to think that our neo-pagan society today and this is where our experience touches the experience of these chapters in daniel the fact that we are like it or not in a growing neo-pagan situation in which there is plenty brainwashing and compromise in the education process in the media and in advertising. Advertising is a very subtle one because it's very focused and it subtly changes people's thoughts and their morality. But Christianity has largely been whitewashed from our history or is being whitewashed from our history. Think of the place of John Knox progressively forgotten in the Scottish society today you go out into the street and say what do you think about John Knox and they'll, they'll be bemused they wouldn't know who you were talking about do you think they learn about John Knox in schools these days I think not, it would be very rare at least not, not without severe criticism of him but uh, if anyone's going to stand who's going to stand and be counted these days Well, four young believers in the early chapters of Daniel, they stood in the evil day. They stood and were counted. They dig in their heels, and that is a great challenge to us. We have to dig in our heels these days against this neo-pagan drift that we find ourselves in in our particular generation. As a response, we see early on that the king is not unimpressed verses 19 and 20 of chapter 1 he's not unoppressed. however he remains pagan albeit in chapter 2 it's clear that he's a troubled pagan at that that point after Daniel's role in the interpretation of the dream he had in, in Daniel chapter 2 we see even more of a change in in verses 46 to 49 he acknowledges Daniel's God he acknowledges how great Daniel's God is and it seems clear that God is as it were knocking at the door of Nebuchadnezzar's life and heart in chapter 3 he's still unconvinced of course he's still a pagan at heart his ego and idolatry seemed to know no limit with this great with this great image that is created and and those who were disobedient to the command to worship at this great image well they faced the dread threat of well a pretty well instant cremation so the experience of chapter 2 had not percolated into his heart the truth is that people may be confronted by the truth They may be confronted by the truth as it is in Jesus and remain entrenched in unbelief. That applies to congregations. People can remain entrenched in unbelief even though week by week they may hear the word faithfully proclaimed and the gospel faithfully uh, faithfully preached. And that's a vital thing. What's going on in your heart in relation to to submission to Christ and his word. What's going on in your heart. In relation to repentance. And belief in Christ as your saviour. It's a bit like this. You get a clock perhaps for your house. And uh, shall we say it as a loud, loudish sort of tick. At first it's distracting. It may disturb your sleep. But after a while you get used to it. And so it is. With preaching, at some points it disturbs but impressions wear off and hearers remain unaffected and even become hard and they became insensitive to the sound of the word preached. You get used to the tick. It seemed to be like that with Nebuchadnezzar. In this case, however, there were more promptings given to him. And so in chapter 3 in the fiery furnace incident there's the figure like the son of God verse 25 and the miraculous deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego a miraculous deliverance and there is no other God that can deliver like this says Nebuchadnezzar verse 29 of chapter 3 you see the movement yet he's still not submissive he's still a pagan at heart this is an issue my dear friends, with much of nominal Christianity, which has largely destroyed Christianity in Scotland in the 20th century and the 21st century. Nominality in religion. There may be some knowledge, and may, may be even some assent, but without faith, without bowing the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the gospel calls us, and Christ calls us to bow the knee to him, not just to give an assent, or to have a certain amount and rely on a certain amount of knowledge. Or tradition? No. Yet God is sovereign. We see it here in this chapter. He's sovereign in the use of means. And he is knocking at the kings, this king's door. And there are direct lessons here. First of all, those in the way of the truth as it is in Christ and in his word. Dare not resist the call to repentance and faith. Repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Under the gospel, the Lord strives with hearers. And that applies to this service even here this morning. And the second thing is, those who have come to faith in Christ believe that the Lord uses faithful witness, their own faithful witness. What for? For the pulling down of Satan's strongholds for the building up of the cause that is the greatest cause in this world the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom so first of all there's a divine striving evident with this king this powerful king Nebuchadnezzar but there is secondly a divinely directed means used in a soul change that took place in this great king It all started with a dream. The Lord has varied ways of changing people's lives. In this case it was a dream and it is described by Nebuchadnezzar in verses 4 to 18. A tree strong, reaching to heaven, leafy and fruitful. Then there's a holy watchman, comes with an order to cut it down. The stump only is left. Verses 15 and 16 speak of a man changed into an animal for a period. Seven times. Seven years perhaps. Daniel explains the dream. 19 verses 19 to 27. And in the process of which. You notice. Gives a direct challenge to Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 27. It's like a gospel message. Wherefore O king. Let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. And break off thy sins by righteousness. And thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquillity. The tree is the king, representing his power as ruler. The watchman represents the decree of God in this matter. It is a solemn judgment, in other words. See, by nature, we are under the judgment of God. The king, as with all natural men, needs to be humbled and will be humbled before the God of heaven. Our leaders are not immune from this. They too are under the sovereignty of God and the sovereign providence of God. They maybe think themselves so powerful and independent of any, of any um, judgment, but that is not the case, my dear friends. And I think we can see cracks all over the West, the decline of the West, the hand of God is striving. The hand of God is upon us in judgment. And he humble he can humble any and will humble all before him. But the gospel come here it comes here in Daniel's pleadings of verse twenty seven. The king, however. Does not heed. The king spake and said, "It is not. Is not this not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the king of the kingdom, by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty?" So, there was the interpretation of the dream. But he couldn't imagine anything like this happening to him. He was so powerful but in verse 28 all this came upon nebuchadnezzar all this came upon nebuchadnezzar see what this teaches us the strongest and most powerful of men and women are actually are actually in that in the babylonian society or in ours are actually in a very fragile situation and position Fragile in relation to God and his judgments. How puny and vulnerable our leaders are. We are currently getting a clear glimpse of this. In the United Kingdom. I would say. And in America as well. The United States. How puny and vulnerable our leaders are. How quickly they come and go. We've seen this recently in the United Kingdom with all the... Who's going to be the next Prime Minister this month? How quickly powers dissipate. See King Nebuchadnezzar immediately after his claim of self-sufficiency in verse 30. He is humbled... And becomes like a beast of the field. Verse 33. The awful description of verse 33. Apparently suggests a condition called lycanthropy. In which a person thinks they are an animal. Often it's like a wolf. And there is a sort of suggestiveness of this. Even in verse 33. Lycanthropy. A clinical condition apparently. And this is something or something like it. That affects it. Nebuchadnezzar but they preserve sufficient sense to remember who they actually are nevertheless this terrible affliction at the end of the time we read here um, perhaps lasted as much as seven years if the dream is to be interpreted literally in that sense but it brings a great change on the king (coughs) who does now bow the knee and come to believe in the living God. Verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven and my understanding returned unto me and I blessed the Most High and I praised and honoured him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. How much he understood of it all we are not sure but one one thing we can say that what we read in verses 34 to 37 give a clear grasp of theology of the living and true God and that is clear from what he says here in verse 34 you see Christ does not save the sinner simply by boosting them up or saying something like keep calm and carry on he brings low to raise up but there will be marks of a change as there are here so let's consider thirdly that there is a divine change wrought in this king Nebuchadnezzar we find this in this chapter the king is looking back verses 1 to 3 why We believe he wants to know the Lord's, God's dealings with him. So we notice several things. He speaks from personal experience. There is clearly personal experience here. He speaks of signs and wonders. The most high God has worked for him, for me. Verse 2. He had acknowledged Daniel's God, the living and true God, as the revealer of dreams. 47th verse of chapter 2 acknowledged him as a great deliverer 29th verse of chapter 3 But these were impersonal acknowledgements on the basis of something which is irrefutable that he saw with his eyes the the miracles that were wrought in these situations but they were impersonal judgments, acknowledgements it's now clear that he speaks from personal experience of the Lord especially from verse 34 onwards which he is getting to throughout the whole of his account here of what happened to him as a result of this dream and these verses are full of what we may call personal religion here's a mark of true faith when Christ deals with our souls and we come to see sin for what it is and Christ for who he is well then we can't but speak of him in personal terms personal terms as our saviour as our friend as our intercessor as our saviour so that we can say genuinely that he loved me and gave himself for me And you say that this morning, friend. He loved me and gave himself for me. So we would say that Nebuchadnezzar here speaks in terms of personal experience. But also he speaks with humility. Because he now acknowledges the sovereignty of God. Look at verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He's come to this. This is a very different tone from what we have in verse 30. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say unto him what doest thou? This is the acknowledgement of the sovereignty of God and he's speaking with utter with absolute humility. These these verses that we have here, verses 34 and 35 are among the clearest statement in scripture of divine sovereignty from an erstwhile pagan king the king is overwhelmed he is overwhelmed not only does he recognise the divine sovereignty but recognising the divine sovereignty he has this profound sense of humility before him That that is what the Recognition and acknowledgment of the divine sovereignty does in the lives and hearts of people bring them low before Him, and He is overwhelmed, in a real sense saturated with the wonder of the living God, as we should be every day, every day. Oh, for such an attitude of heart to be humble before before the living God to bow the knee before a sovereign saviour the Lord Jesus Christ he is a clear lesson for us then what a comforting reviving truth we have here not least in this day of declension such as we live through recognising the sovereignty of grace, the sovereignty of God written large here Little enlarge here what a change can be wrought from someone who was committed to mere paganism previously when we realise fully what Christ by the Holy Spirit can do we might say that there would be an excuse for the erstwhile pagan king being def- deficient in his view of God there are no deficiencies in what he states here but for us for such as us for our land well there is no excuse there is no excuse given our privileges and the holy scriptures that we have in our hands so a great change is evident here human pride is in tatters and you notice the very last phrase that we have in verse 37 All whose works are truth, his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. He's speaking of himself, of course. Those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. Though he may have had some time after this, it was restored to him, his sense and so on. We can take it that this was very near the end of his life partly because there's nothing else said of Nebuchadnezzar. We immediately, in chapter 5, go into his son or grandson, Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. Samuel Rutherford commented, telling me, So narrow, he says, is the entry to heaven that our knots, our bunches and lumps of pride and self-love and idol love and world love must be hammered off us that we may throng in stooping low and creeping through the narrow and thorny entry so we conclude what do we learn from this incident in Daniel chapter 4 to sum up well when we hear what Nebuchadnezzar says in verses 34 to 37 put yourself in his shoes and ask can I say that is that true of me let me remind you of some lessons that we have here first of all we are to confess the sovereignty of God and the claims of God's consequently upon us this is what the king did he acknowledged the sovereignty of God our God is a creator God he's the only living and true God Revealed in creation, in providence, in the scriptures, and through his eternal Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. And through the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who applies the redemption wrought by Christ. He is revealed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In this truth and reality, the people of God have courage in their faith in Christ and will consequently witness this for him so we are to confess the sovereignty of God but secondly we are to confess human unworthiness what does the king confess all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing true there have been over the millennia great achievements in science and technology and inventiveness we think of people like um, Nebuchadnezzar as being powerful or influential or more recently perhaps science as being like a god science as being supreme all you need to say is the word science and everybody bows the knee yet they in reality as nothing science does nothing for your soul We're thankful for what it does for your body but does nothing for your soul. When you think of the prevalence of violence and systematic or systemic immorality of one sort or another measured by man's standards and not by God's you begin to recognize how unworthy we are how sinful our humankind is. And then there is our physical mortality. Here is a common factor. Physical death. In the end, what is man? Even a vapour that appears for a time and then vanishes away. That is what we are. Like a vapour. You realise how earthly life is so transient. It reminds us that time is short and eternity is long and far more weighty by far the issues of heaven and hell more weighty by far than anything else with which we will confront ourselves in this world all his works says Nebuchadnezzar are truth and his ways justice we confess the sovereignty of God we confess human unworthiness, we confess also the righteousness of God. Wherefore, O King, let my counsel be acceptable to thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness. By righteousness. What did Jesus claim? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, through except through me. This is after. What did, When did Jesus say that? He said it after, after Pilate had had in, in his in his in his uh, examination of, of Jesus had commented, "What is truth? What is truth?" Most likely with a shrug of the shoulders. You ask this nowadays in our society, "What is truth?" No such thing. Everybody's got their own truth to say. But there is truth, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth. His word is truth. Without the word of God, mankind stumbles. This is what is happening in the nations today, in the West particularly. Scrambling about, stumbling around for truth, something that will make sense of life. But what does the word of God say besides what Nebuchadnezzar said? Here is what the Lord said through Jeremiah. 17 chapter 17 verse 5 cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the lord think of how that applies to our day and our society cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the lord no less true today than it was in daniel's day or the prophet jeremiah's day and lastly we need never despair about the conversion of sinners. And those who walk in pride. He is able to abase. It's these words. He is able. He is able to abase. Precious words for precious truth. Do not despair. He is able. Jesus is able. Jesus saves. His grace is all sufficient. Even for the sinner. Of the deepest dye, Such as Nebuchadnezzar was. Such as some of you were. Also. No doubt. So how do you react to the saved to the saved to the believer take courage in the saviour to the unsaved your eternity hangs upon where you stand in relation to Christ and having him as your saviour and Lord in some, there's a moving verse which goes like this Souls of men, why will you scatter like a crowd of frightened sheep, foolish hearts, why will you wander from a love so true and deep? I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honour the King of Heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those who walk in pride he is able to abase. May the Lord bless these thoughts upon his word. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy word and pray that thou was blessed to our hearts and souls and minds. Grant, Lord, that we may be enabled to come and bow before the God of heaven and acknowledge thee as the one who does thy will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay thy hand nor say unto thee, What doest thou? O Lord, bless us. Bless us with a strong love in the strong Son of God. Cause us to walk by faith, looking unto Jesus. Forgive us all our sin, for his sake. Amen. Amen. Let us sing in conclusion in Psalm 29. Psalm number 29 and verses 1 to 4. Give ye unto the Lord, ye sons, that of the mighty be all strength and glory to the Lord. With cheerfulness give ye unto the Lord the glory give that to his name is due and in the beauty of holiness unto Jehovah bow. Down to verse 4, Psalm 29. Give ye unto the Lord, ye sons, that of the mighty be. (coughs) Give ye unto the Lord is